Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Astro Energy Astrology Show on Blog Talk Radio with me, astrologer Shelley Overton. Each week we go over the planetary positions, discuss astrology, and take callers' questions. If you would like to call in and get a reading, you can call 347-994-3365. Call in early as the lines fill up. August 6, 2019 edition of the Astro Energy Astrology Show. My name is Shelley Overton. I'm an astrologer in Orlando, Florida, and I want to welcome you to the podcast. I also would very much like to wish my son a happy 21st birthday. I literally scooted right back here under the gun coming from my son's birthday lunch today. And um, as you know, 21, you're a legal adult and legally able to buy alcohol. And he wanted to sample that. So I actually went to the liquor store and had about three little shots of different types of alcohol. So hopefully I will be a little bit more loose today, not as crisp. I don't know. You know, it's the Virgo, always self-aware Virgo. But um, today we are going to be talking about Uranus and we are going to take some calls. I am here for you. I thank you very much for coming back and joining the podcast a little bit late today. We went to lunch to celebrate his birthday and so that's why the podcast was delayed a bit. So um, I'm just looking up some notes I had for the podcast actually And I was, um, you know, as usual, every week I get kind of a mini download of information of the show I'm going to have this week. And I think my voice sounds a little hoarse, so um, I apologize if that sounds a little funky today. And we are still in the shadow of Mercury retrograde, even though it's direct, until about the 15th, we will be in the shadow. So... I am still having issues here and there, and one of them is my computer is very slow. And so I apologize. I'm trying to call up my um, my program for astrology, and I've clicked on it twice, and I thought it would be open, but it is not opening. Where are you? Why are you not giving me access? Anyway, um, so some of the things that I came up with this week are specifically Uranus and Taurus, um, Taurus is the energy of texture. And so I'm noticing more that even as an artist, I am wanting to add more texture to my art. Um, Taurus energy, people who are Tauruses, really are tactile people. They like to touch and feel and um, kind of feel it for themselves. Like, it's funny, I follow this other guy. He's a... a, costume designer what is he he dresses people in uh 
the celebrity world. And his name is Brad Goretzky. And he's got a partner who is a Virgo, I believe. I don't know. He acts very Virgo-like, but an earth sign. And he's very much into the meticulous nature of ordering coffee drinks at Starbucks. And he smells everything when they do videos on Instagram. He smells everything. And I think, wow, you know, I don't smell things. You know, a lot of people want to know what it smells like. So um, I'm not one of those people, but I do have Jupiter and Taurus. And I'm one of the people who, you know, I like to touch it. If I go by the rack at a department store and see something like, oh, what does that feel like? So that's a Taurus energy. And having Uranus in Taurus absolutely will bring that out in our natures. So Taurus being the energy of artists and are one of the many signs that encourage art and artists, which um, if you want to know are Leo, Pisces, and Taurus are a few of them. Virgo can be a good artist. Scorpio can be good at art as well. And um, anyway, so Venus and Neptune and Sun and Leo, creativity. So all those planets and signs really encourage art. But Taurus specifically is more about the tactile quality of things and texture. So I'm noticing wanting to do more um, more of the tactile feel for things. I've been working on some earrings this week that are made from felt balls and I'm using embroidery floss to decorate them because I have this huge string of, uh, of felt balls and every other one is white, which is not one that I like to make earrings out of, but I've been decorating them with stars and hearts and checkerboard patterns too, believe it or not. So, um, Anyway, I'm, I'm doing a lot of tactile texture kind of things and art will, you'll have that in art and you'll have it in food. So um, wanting to taste new things or feeling like I don't like crunchy things. I really want them smooth. That's all part of the same energy too. So um, let me just actually, what was I just looking at? Oh, I ended up back on the wrong frame, you know, and it's kind of funny. Sometimes, um, when I drink alcohol, especially like rum, I think we had some rum, I get like a sugar high. <laughs> so I'm a little bit speedy right now. I apologize. Um, I'm just trying to call up again. I just got home under the wire. I was doing multiple things, including eating birthday cake at my parents' house. And with a slow computer and a fast Shelly, things are not going very well right now. Um, anyway, so chemistry, uh, Uranus rules chemistry and pharm- pharmacology and anything associated with drugs in that sense. Um, also the chemicals in food. So I'm noticing another thing that we are getting more sensitive to what's in food. And so if you've been feeling out of sorts with different types of foods you used to eat regularly, um, I also want to say that it's kind of both ways. We're feeling more sensitivity to food, but they're also the chemicals in food are probably even more pronounced now than they ever have been. So it's kind of a combination and it's definitely something I've been thinking about a lot lately, especially with Uranus and Taurus because Uranus chemicals, Taurus food. Um, We're going to start to see a, a awakening, so to speak, 
or an awareness of what goes in our food and how our bodies are interacting with those chemicals. So um, seeing a lot of this in my environment with the people that I interact with, um, I ran into a friend yesterday and she was, we got discussing, you know, different things and catching up and everything. And she brought up the fact that she gave up sugar altogether. So sugar affecting us in very strong ways. I started thinking about how sugar definitely is a chemical or a, uh, what is it? A compound that, and that may be the wrong word still, but the compound or energy of sugar, um, it gives us this high and then our bodies have to compensate for the amount of sugar flooded into our system and then produces insulin and the insulin breaks down the sugars and that's where having too much sugar can create excess fat in our bodies and diabetes and things like that. So it wouldn't surprise me also if these types of diseases are going to get more uh, brought to the surface and in our awareness as Uranus transits Taurus over the next seven and a half, eight years. Um, and I guess that's all I had for that specific energy, but definitely thinking a lot about Uranus. Um, Uranus is science and chemistry. It is eccentricity and inventiveness. And um, so we will also see inventive things come in as, um, Uranus continues on its path through Taurus and it will be around the types of food we eat and um, the types of clothing we wear, how we express ourselves in our physical aesthetic. It rules aesthetics. So ways of taking care of our physical body that is more pleasing or more eccentric um, you know, we will have, I mean, already, and it's interesting because a lot of times when I start talking about planetary transits or ingresses into new signs, I'll start to see what that should be bringing out once the planet goes into the sign before the planet actually gets there. And a lot of times we'll see the energy hit the collective before an aspect hits too. So it's kind of... Um, interesting how the collective consciousness works or even when you're more aware of something you start to draw in reinforcement of that so let me just go back here and look at Uranus for a second in my ephemeris so Uranus retrogrades on the 11th and actually there's a, a date there's a combination of things Uranus retrogrades and Jupiter goes direct on the 11th of August and I'm just going to look here too and see uh, Mercury clears its shadow. Let's see if I have it on here at four degrees of Leo, which is the 14th. So within a few days of each other, we have this shift of energy again. Um, Mercury enters Leo on the 11th and Jupiter goes direct. Uranus goes retrograde the very same day. So the 11th is going to be a pretty significant day um, in our charts and what we're experiencing. So the Jupiter going direct is going to make us feel less like we have to pull back our energy and restrict our adventure nature and the drive that we are doing with that, um, like wanting to go other places, wanting to start a new class, wanting to um, just expand our world and understand uh, different things, different cultures, 
And of course, it's affecting the world so profoundly right now. I mentioned last week we had demonstrations in China. There are people speaking out all over the world. We had um, India actually took away this, I think it's a protection of a specific plot of land between India and Afghanistan or Pakistan. It's on the border between India and one of the stands. I think it's Afghanistan, but I'm not totally sure. Um, And so they anticipate that that's going to create a lot of stress and strife in that part of the world. We have um, stuff going on here in America, of course, and it spilled over this weekend again with the mass shootings in two different places. I actually looked at uh, the times of those and there was an opposition, a direct opposition in that. I'm going to look it up here while I'm, I'm just chit-chatting. I'm going to kind of grab that um, chart so I can find it here. Yeah, because it's excessive. I mean, it's not surprising in some respects because we are definitely going through a time where a lot of the negative covert energy that we've had in this world is coming to the surface. And a huge part of that is Pluto in Capricorn because Pluto is the covert side of things. It's always hidden, the underworld, the deep, dark, ugly that nobody wants to look at. And so we can sit here and say in our day and age that all these things are new and it was never this bad. Well, part of the reason it wasn't this bad is because it was all behind the scenes. It was just ideologies that were existing below the surface and they're coming out now. And now that they're coming out, we're able to address the illness. And that's truly, in my belief, that's truly what they're here for to accomplish. And that's honestly one of the things that helps me continue on and get through day to day every time I look at the news and see this horrendous stuff. And those of you who have listened to the show for a longer amount of time know that I lived two miles from Columbine when that happened. And that was really one of the first significant mass shootings that happened in our country and really kind of set us off on the course of copycats and using this as a way of making a statement. And pardon me while I digress for a moment, but I just like, I can't understand the mentality of people who as a collective, the Anglo-American brought over slaves to this country and, and then now they blame them for something. And I just don't get that, but that's me, you know, um, I could go off on a whole other show, as I've said many times. Anyway, so the mass shooting in El Paso was on Saturday, August 3rd, 2019 at 10 a.m., excuse me, 10.40 a.m. in El Paso. And Dayton was Sunday, August 4th at 1.02 a.m. in Dayton, Ohio. So each one, of course, they're only a day apart, so we still have really strong energy that is, connecting to those places, but um, the El Paso shooting, the moon was at 17 degrees Virgo, opposite an 18 degree Pisces. Um, Anytime that there's something triggering in the chart when Neptune is involved, it's going to likely be something more profound that society is going to feel on a very deep level emotionally and can be a mass energy because the slower planets trigger mass events. 
also we had the finger of God, which if you listen to Ann Ortley, she talks about that probably at more length than I did last week. But the finger of God aspect is where two planets are in conjunct and then another planet is in conjunct with the same common planet. And the third planet and the first planet are in sextile, which is 60 degrees apart. So for this case, uh, Mercury at El Paso, Mercury was at, oh, actually, I take it back. Let me just look real quick here to see where the finger of God was. I'm going strictly by um, by visual sight here on my chart. I don't have the exact um, little data table. But Mars was at 20 degrees Leo. He was at the apex. And then if you go down to the left side, you will find Pluto at 21 degrees. And that's next to the south node. And then on the other side is Neptune at 18 degrees. So what happens is Pluto and Neptune are 60 degrees apart, making the base of a triangle. And meeting them at the top in the middle is Mars. So you have Pluto, the hidden, the covert, in Capricorn, which is tradition, retrograde, wanting to go back to the past the way it was, with Mars at the apex being the expression of the energy as we feel it, it comes out in this way. So Mars rules guns, rules aggression. In Leo, it is ego-driven. And then you have Neptune, which is at the other side. And Neptune is the sensitivity we have as a collective because Neptune rules the collective consciousness and it rules emotions and it rules um, how we're all part of the same collective. So having Mars at the apex between these two other planets is acting independent. He is nine degrees ahead of the sun, which means he's acting um, out of bounds. He's not following any particular rules. He's a renegade. And so that is the archetype that manifests at that time. And Whatever uh, dynamic, the birth chart, so to speak, of the town or the city or the enclave has, there's an interaction with that particular chart. So I haven't looked up, I did briefly look up El Paso's chart. Um, I have it actually, since we got off on this tangent, um, I'm going to address it because it is such a strong part of what we're going through as a country right now. And um, I think probably more than a few people would be interested in what that all is about. So let's just look up El Paso here. Okay. El Paso was founded May 17th, 1873. And it has a Pluto at 20 degrees Taurus. So you've got Pluto in the sky at 21 uh, Capricorn. And then you have that Taurus uh, Pluto, but not only that, you have Mercury at four degrees Taurus. And in the sky, the day of the event, Uranus, the unexpected, was in Taurus at six degrees. So Uranus is about to go retrograde and goes retrograde again on Sunday the 11th, so in five days. And we are already starting to feel this intense energy build. Taurus, the sign of Taurus, squares Leo. So we have this clash of energy that is uncomfortable. So the day of the shootings, we had, um, let me just look here, Uranus was squaring Mars and squaring the sun. And, well, it's got a square to Mars, or excuse me, it's got a square to Venus and the sun, I apologize. And then we've got on the Dayton, Ohio shooting, 
Uranus still at six and it is still square to those same two energies. So it's in the sky, but those charts interact independently based on the energy of the place that they're at. And then El Paso has Uranus at two degrees of Leo. So, you know, Uranus is squaring Uranus in El Paso. And then Dayton, let's just go over to Dayton. Dayton was founded February 12th, Aquarius, 1805. And we've got noon for the time on that one because I don't think a lot of these have the specific time for when the papers of um, incorporation passed over the desk and were stamped. So we just do the best we can. But so for Dayton, let's see what they have. Dayton has Venus and Mercury. Again, we had that square with um, Venus and Sun in El Paso transit. Dayton's chart has Venus and Mercury at 27 degrees Capricorn, three degrees away, I think three, let me look, Pluto, 21. Okay, so it's six degrees away from the Pluto in the sky. And the North Node is at 25 Capricorn in Dayton, Ohio. So four degrees off of the Pluto. Let's see what else we have. The natal Pluto is at eight degrees Pisces. So eh, a little bit wide for an aspect that you could call as an influence. And again, Aquarius, it squares, um, Uranus right now, it's the energy of Aquarius, and they had a sun at 23 Aquarius. So that, that energy is square to Leo and square to, um, excuse me, opposed to Leo, square to Taurus and square to Scorpio. So the shooting was 14 degrees Jupiter and Sagittarius. Let me see what they have there. Um, they don't have anything in Sagittarius, but it squares Pluto at eight, I think. Yeah, there's a square to Pluto at eight that, at that point. So anyway, if you want to do more research, you can look up the founding date of the cities online and um, see what energies are going by. But definitely the finger of God with the Mars at the apex is a huge influence in expressing out the energy of a shooter. Okay, let me just get off of that and try and get onto something more pleasant um, Leo, Leo is pleasant. We have Venus at 11, Leo, sun at 14, Leo, and Mars at 22, Leo today. So this is really a strong energy around leadership, um, taking a risk and getting it done, even though it's an in conjunct to Capricorn. Um, what it's saying is I want to do things this way. I want to be creative where Capricorn wants things to be very structured, very traditional and, and reliable. We want, uh, when we're channeling the Capricorn energy, we want things to be consistent and dependable. And Leo wants it to be fun-loving and um, probably a little more spontaneous and wants things larger than life. It is the sign of hyperbole and um, hubris. Hubris is a, a word that I think really probably is a good label for both Boris Johnson and Trump, because it's this sense that I can say, what are you going to do to stop me? So we're seeing a lot of that right now um, in the leaders. And um, honestly, I think Kim Jong-un is sending off all of his little test rockets because he's feeling like nobody's paying attention to me. And that's how he gets attention. So um, at some point, 
he's going to hopefully rein that in and get his needs met. But I think if that happens, it's probably going to be uh, because of South Korea, who is working more with him. Anyway, politics, I digress. Mercury is at 25 degrees Cancer, and currently Moon is at 2 degrees Scorpio. So being that the moon is in now a water sign for the next two and a half days and Mercury is in the last, I would say, four days, what did I say, Saturday, Sunday, it goes in to Leo. He's in the last four days of a water sign. So we're feeling this sadness, this intensity. Um, I'm looking at yesterday was a lovely clear day. Today it's rainy again. Um, Fortunately, we had a morning of fairly clear sky, but it's getting rainy again. And it is that energy of water from the heavens, but um, in Orlando last night, and I find this really interesting, whenever there's something significant going on in the mass collective, like the two shootings, it shows in the weather because we emote and the emotion on some level creates the influence of our weather. I absolutely believe that. I see it myself continuously. And uh, so pay attention to that. You know, it's, we attract, a lot of times we attract energy in the, of weather in the mindset that we're in. And when we go through these intense events, and I think it's actually kind of synergistic. I think it works both ways. I think the weather can influence our moods when it's depressing and dark for so long. We really um, do have a hard time getting our energy up higher but also when we are in a collective down cycle emotionally, we can see weather reflect that. And it was incredible last night. I had to pick my daughter up and I haven't seen weather like that since the last hurricane that was here. It was just for an hour deluge of rain and wind and lightning. It was all around me. I had lightning hit across the street from me before any rain came down. So quick and close that it scared my cat who was sitting in the window. He jumped down and I actually jumped. That's how close it was. So this intensity comes in and we are kind of in that cycle right now. We've got, I mean, I know it's been going on probably I would say for three to four years, really noticeably. Um, Anyway, oh my gosh, my time has flown by and I really honestly have just been kind of going off the top of my head, trying to give you as much information about what's going on lately and what's up in the air and in the sky for your life. But I do want to take a couple calls before I wrap this up. So let me just um, see if there's anything else I want to say. So for the next two and a half days, the moon in Scorpio opposite, uh, well, today is opposite Uranus, but we'll be moving on. And throughout the next couple of days, we'll be squaring Venus, Venus, Sun, and Mars. So look for interpersonal energy coming in that can be a conflict. There are things that are going on that we may not know about, or we may be doing something that we're not telling someone else about. And on the other side, we may be keeping our emotions close to our chest. So um, that's the next two and a half days. Of course, Venus, Mars, Sun are all clustered. So we have this concentrated energy of wanting to play, wanting to create, um, needing more of the spotlight and wanting to connect much more closely. I noticed 
my daughter, and especially with mercury at late degrees cancer, um, people who have strong connections to cancer and Leo, which is most of my family, um, they're much more connected to what's going on interpersonally. And so look for that in the coming week. But in the next two and a half days, there's definitely more energy challenging what's going on with that. And as we come into Uranus retrograding this weekend, um, that energy shift, it's about money. It's about freedom. Uranus direct wants its freedom, wants to show people their hypocrisy. Uranus retrograde pulls that back and can, things can go slower. Uranus rules weather on a very intense level, which obviously yesterday's storm was part of. But we can have um, more intense electrical storms and tornadoes. Um, I haven't really paid much attention to what's going on with weather and earthquakes, but definitely being an earth sign, there can be some type of electrical accident or a chemical accident or something that is associated with the earth or growing and agriculture. So, you know, I noticed a couple times that there are things that are major events and I haven't really given you a heads up for stuff but just be aware that this is a time where you can also, I mean, there, there's just a lot going on. So if you are interested in getting a private reading, if there's a lot going on for you in your personal world, um, please do check out angeliczodiac.com. There's a readings tab. You can arrange a reading with me and we can go over your chart because that's what I love to do. I love to connect to other people and um, really find out the psychology and the influences and the energy in your personal chart. So let's take a phone call. Hello. 608. Hi. Who is this? You are looking at people's charts? I am. Who am I talking to? Okay, great. My name's Jill. Okay, I've got you here, right? You've called before. Uh, It's been a while. Yep. Yeah. You know, I have to laugh because... My grandmother was a Taurus, and when uh-huh. I was a little child, we used to go shopping, and she had to touch every little thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a Taurus thing. I have a friend who's a Taurus, and, yeah, I think uh, it's very important, <laughs> very important to know how it Yeah, goes. she touched it everything. It's like you integrate. Yeah. And I remember well, her I getting cactus stickers in her uh, fingers because she had to touch oh, it. But anyway... <laughs> Wow. Well, that's a good memory. That's a good memory. Yep. So what can I do for you today, Jill? I don't know. I think I'm really letting go of the past. I had to leave the area where I was from because it was mm-hmm. like the universe was forcing me to, and I'm now in Wisconsin yeah, I feel and you. not in <laughs> Illinois, and I really feel like I'm mm-hmm. really wrap, wrapping up the past. What do mm-hmm. you see coming yeah, in its place? Okay, well, um, you actually have just a little bit. This year is probably like the last gasp of going over the past because Neptune is just outside your house of money and love, and it's retrograded, just retrograded not long ago. So it's got, oh, probably the end of the year before it gets completely out of your house of money, but you're wrapping up the story around love and money. So you said you just moved, and I'm assuming that may be associated with a a partnership. Is that true? Um, I, well, I 
she's moved a few years ago, but I had to cut oh. ties with my sisters. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, well, um, interestingly, some of that could potentially uh, get better after Neptune gets back into the third house. Currently, Neptune just went into the third house. So that's the initiating energy of the time Neptune will be in your third house, which rules siblings. And so, and also, um, I think probably as an energy vibration, Neptune being more of a feminine energy in the, like it rules Pisces and Pisces is feminine. So that can relate to your sisters as Neptune goes through that house. And it's not a quick fix. It's like over time, we're talking, um, like 20 plus years that it'll be there. Um, actually 15, I take it back 15. It's about two degrees a year. It takes to go through a sign. Yeah, so it's going to be there to 26 right. degrees of Aries. Yeah. It's quite a while, you know? Um, so let me, I do the math on that. So it's going to be six years to get into Aries and eight. Let's see what's half of 13. So 13 years in Aries. So you're going to have about 19 years of Neptune in your third house of siblings. So you're going to have a lot of interaction as far as um, learning how to love unconditionally is really the lesson of Neptune. So okay. it's probably going to be like for the beginning of it, definitely in its own sign, it's about how to love them unconditionally. And then once it gets to Aries, which like I said, is about six years away, it's going to be more about um, owning your drive and the energy of Aries, your the more masculine energy. So it's it's really more of an aggressive energy that you're going to be dealing with as opposed to now, which is more about the love. Then it will be more about the drive and the urge to be angry with them. So it's kind of an ongoing story that's going to shift shapes, so to speak. Do and you then, ever um, you have me, Do you ever see me meeting anyone? Um, yeah, absolutely. Now is a really good time, actually, because you've got all these planets in Leo. They're in your house of commitment. You have Mercury in your house of marriage and partnership. So after Mercury gets back into Leo and joins up with Venus, Sun, and Mars at some point, actually, uh, Mercury joins with Mars when it gets into Virgo, I believe. But um, you're, all the Leo energy is about getting attention from a partner and um, commitment. So, and on top of the fact that all the Leo energy is approaching your Uranus, which is unexpected energy around other people and connecting to people you didn't expect to meet. And this is a very big energy that you're coming into because Mars will be going over Uranus and Pluto for you. And the Uranus, again, is about getting the connectedness you want and meeting someone who's giving you your freedom at the same time, really loving you for who you are and giving you the freedom at the same time. And then going over your Pluto, which is a major life change around the physical, tangible side of um, your earning ability with that person and also the commitment and the psychology around what you want. And honestly, I will be really, really straight up with you. Uranus joining Pluto is very profound and having Uranus and Leo retrograde is an energy about connecting and feeling like you can connect to another person on a deeper level or on a, like a relational level, like, Oh, you're like this. And I'm like that. We have that in common. Um, and it's Uranus is about detachment. So having Uranus in Leo is somewhat about detachment and then Pluto and Virgo, Virgo is the loner of the Zodiac. So, um, 
there's like almost an idealization on some level of being smarter than and more worldly than and you know you may look at a partner like there's just nobody who can meet up with your expectations and so as long as you're doing the work on yourself and getting past those issues then yes this is a really great time to meet someone because you've got all the planets of love and connection going over those unexpected deep connections in your house of commitment so the next month and a half is going to be really strong for opportunities to meet somebody deeper and more uh, profound in how they deal with the emotions of relationships. So you have to be open to that and not be afraid of it. And that's in your chart. There could be a little bit like tentative quality. You have three planets in your 12th house of the subconscious in Sagittarius. So I want to say if I looked at this and we had a reading, I'd be like, you really do want to connect to people, but you're, you've got this need for freedom, especially Venus and Aquarius, um, you've got to really address these, the issue of wanting your freedom if you're really looking for love because you can unknowingly push people away because you're really going, this person's crowding me, I can't take it. So really look to those issues, all right? Yeah. Okay. Well, thank well, you. I've got one more one more to take, but you're welcome. It was good talking to you. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Thank you so, so okay, much. Okay, take care. Okay. You're welcome. Take care. Bye. Okay. Bye. All right. Um, 202. Hi, 202. Hello. Hey, Shelly. It's Kay. How are, are you? you? Hi, Kay. What can I do for you? Man, I have an ex that's come back, and... Um, yeah, I'm just check it out. Neptune's getting you. He's come okay. back, but not fully. I don't know what's going on. I, I want to give you his info and have okay. you take a look. Okay. And happy birthday sure. to your kid, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. He's mm. such a good kid. I love that kid. So mm. um, what's, your birth- what's the birthday of the guy? So his is October 23rd, mm-hmm. 1978. Okay. Time and place? Um, no time, but London, England. Okay. And let me ask you this. Has anything changed from when you broke up? And, you know, are those the reason you broke up? Is that still valid? Huh. I don't know. I would have to get to know him more. We broke up in, like, 2010. We were just young. Oh, okay. And, so. um, oh, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so give me a second here to look at the two of you together. Okay. Um, well, his Mars is on your Uranus, which tells me it's unexpected. It comes back in. There's definitely a mental connection, and he expresses a certain side of you that is really aware of people. Like So he acts on the energy where you're, really caught up in the understanding of it and the clarity of it around people and the depth of psychology of knowing people, he's really driven to do something about it because he has Mars and Scorpio at 23 and you have Uranus at 25 Scorpio. So Mm. his Mars falls in your 12th house, which is the subconscious. So there's definitely, I would say a lot of sexual attention and attraction, tension, not attention, tension (laughs) and attraction. And he's got a, ton of Scorpio. has got Mercury in Scorpio, Uranus in Scorpio at 
15, 14, 15. So he's highly intelligent and very aware of people and probably I would say he has less patience for people who are not acting in integrity. He's just like Mm -hmm. very intense about like, you need to do this properly in the right way. And Mm. um, he's got Venus in the Scorpio conjunct as Mars. The Scorpio, Uranus Uranus and Mercury individually are very, they're about mental capacity and logic and impatience. And when you couple mm-hmm. that with the intensity of, of the energy of Scorpio, which is cutting to the heart of the matter, seeing through the facade, um, that energy can be really impatient with people when they don't just get it. But then he oh, has yeah. a I square to Jupiter. The integrity. Okay. I was yeah. curious about the integrity so then, part. Okay. Well, if you had integrity issues with him in the past, there is still oh no! I thought you said he's that, but he's he's very big on integrity. I thought that's what you said. Sorry, well, keep going. Yeah, I mean, looking at looking at those planets. I mean, I will tell you, Scorpio can go either way, depending on if you're channeling high Scorpio or low Scorpio. Low Scorpio uh, can be okay. vindictive, can right. um, use information that they find out against you. They can yeah. do things behind your back because they're getting revenge. Um, but high Scorpio is like, I just can't stand that you're treating these people so poorly and I have to be a, a warrior for justice and I'm going to go be a lawyer and I'm going to go take on all, that sounds more all like people him. doing yeah. bad things. Yeah. So he's oh, got okay. I didn't know that warrior for justice. Oh yeah. Ooh. Scorpio is really intense. And I've heard other astrologers say, well, it's Sagittarius. I'm like, I'm sorry. Sagittarius is aware they're very blunt about knowledge and again I'll tell you when you have any sign on the first house which is the identity of the issue or the the archetype of that particular sign the next house is how it expresses out in the material world so Mm. Scorpio well let's put it this way Sagittarius on the first house is the identity of the ego and that's the first house and then Sagittarius wants freedom and so when it has all the Scorpio energy in its subconscious, it sees people's, you know, like it sees what their behavioral motivations are. And then mm. Sagittarius doesn't like to be held to convention. So it will express it out. It says, ah, you know, I'm going to call it like it is. And they do see what's going on because they have Scorpio in the 12th. So they're very intuitive about what's going on. But mm. as in and of itself, Sagittarius isn't necessarily the place you go for the truth, Scorpio is the place you go for the truth and for the integrity in like, again, in its higher form and Sagittarius mm. is where you go for freedom and they want freedom mm. of movement and freedom of speech. If there's, if uh, Mercury's in Sagittarius, they don't want to be held back by speech conventions and, and like, um, what's the word? Um, oh, can't think of the word right now. Because I'm talking Mercury, and Mercury likes to play with me. Um, <laughs> um, it is uh, politeness that keeps coming to my manners. So, they, mm. like, Mercury and Sagittarius was like, I don't need no stinking manners. I'm just going to be myself and say it like it is. You know, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And they don't honestly necessarily know that they're stepping on toes. They just get it out. They're blunt. Because right. they're not paying attention to convention. And that's kind of more Sagittarius. It's just not conventional. Like, anything that can restrict they kind of rally against and same with Aquarius. Aquarius is a little yeah. bit more dogmatic about it. And Aquarius mm-hmm. will say, 
you know, you see your hypocrisy, they'll do it from an intellectual standpoint, where Sagittarius mm-hmm. does it from more of an action standpoint, where they'll just take action. That's why they'll mm. speak without thinking, because they take action through speech. So, um, mm-hmm. and it rules language. Sagittarius rules language, too. So, oh, I didn't know that either. Anyway, I have a, a excessive encyclopedia of astrology in my brain that I could go on and on with you about. But I love it. I'm about to get cut off my it. blog talk, so... I need to let you go, but yeah, there's there's a lot in this chart. He has Jupiter, again, remember, Jupiter rules Sagittarius. They don't want to be taken to task for something, so Jupiter in, Sag- in uh, Leo, uh, Jupiter rules Sagittarius, but again, in the Leo energy, it's like, I want to make things larger than life, and don't call me out for it, because that's just what I like to do, so don't restrict me about it. So they, they're... Um, they can be hyperbolic. They can be storytellers. They can even straight up lie for the sake mm. of the story. Okay. So mm. there are different energies like Scorpio can lie. Scorpio lies through not letting you know information. Okay. Right. Um, oh, Leo lies by expanding larger than life scenarios that may not be true. Okay. And mm-hmm. then Gemini can lie because, they, they're just not into whether or not it's going to come to pass. They may say, yeah, I'll do that. And then they just don't do it, you know, or, you 